Hello and welcome to The Dreamer's Disease, where in each episode we spend a little bit of time listening to the stories of inspirational people who are really out there following their passions. On episode three, I'm joined by Paris O, who is the Urban Promotions Manager for Sony Music. And, you know, we covered so many different areas, um, starting from the very beginning of how she started as a blogger, how she then went on to start her own PR company while she was still in uni studying sports, uh, the importance and uh, the experience she got from internships and, and working for people, how she built up her relationships and her networks online through Twitter, um, and also the importance of being able to switch off from work mode and just take the time out to really take care of yourself and, and, and your mental more than anything else. So before we jump in, I'd like to thank you for checking this episode out, for pressing play, for for even being a slight bit interested as to what this is all about. Um, and if you listen to episode one and episode two and you've come back for more, then, you know, much, much love for that. And if you're a new listener, then thank you very much for taking the time out. What would be amazing is if you could head over to SoundCloud, search The Dreamer's Disease and hit the follow button because that's where all of the episodes are going to be uploaded every time one is released. So you can really keep up to date as they are released. You can also head over to Instagram and follow the dreamers disease underscore podcast for daily updates and little bits of inspiration through the day. So without further ado, let's jump into episode three with Paris O and hear her story. I'm joined by Paris. Indeed. And yeah, basically want to hear about like what it is you do and who you are. So why don't you start off by telling us exactly that <laughs> so my name is Paris O um I am currently the urban promotions manager at Sony Music UK um and that is currently what I do looking after artists an artist helper in every way because it's more than just like your promo <laughs> babysitter yeah 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 professional babysitter <laughs> um but yeah I pretty much look after um promo for all the urban roster across Sony international and domestic um so that's TV press and radio um and that's domestic artists like Lady Leisha, Youngen, Gecko, Shaka, um AJ and Dino to international like Future, uh, Travis Scott, Jadena, a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Like Russ, Khalid. Yeah. I love Khalid. And the list goes on. The list yeah, it does. It does. It does. It's a mad one, but yeah. um yeah, I'm in a very fortunate position. Good. And it's obviously something that you enjoy and you kind of work towards. Mm. So let's just roll it right back to the beginning. Like, where did you start? How did it start out with this ago. kind of music um, focus? So I'm going to do the cliche thing and be like, oh, I've always been into music. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like always been into music, like typical mum would play music, Sunday morning type vibes, um, different yeah, all types of different music. But um, when I really started like actively like working on music like as a passion, I guess, at first I was blogging for like, SBTV, MTV. Urban Development was the first one, actually, Urban Development. Um, and yeah, I was kind of just doing that and being out and about at events um, getting to know a whole bunch of people. And this is when I was like, six, like from 16, 17, yeah, 16 to 18 was kind of like that, that kind of period. And um, yeah, I was just out and about meeting a whole bunch of people, did a internship um, for about like three months um, with Cyan mm -hmm. Anderson um, and kind of from then. Was and just, sorry, like, was that with her PR company? Yeah, yeah. Sidetracked. Um, so yeah, at the time she's looking after a whole bunch of different people and I was kind of just like helping out and stuff. So that was maybe like three, three months or so. Maybe I was like, eight, I was like 18 and um, 
from there, once that kind of finished and like I'd met a whole bunch of people, I had friends who were doing music and I was like, hmm, I can do this. <laughs> I was like, let me see, let me, let's work on something together. And um, yeah, started looking after um, a couple friends of mine that were into music, looking after their publicity mm-hmm. and like PR and stuff. But like at the time I probably didn't even know what, PR really was like I had a general sense but like to actively do it it was like I kind of just had to all figure it out by myself um but did that and started working with an artist that artist got signed um and then yeah the rest is history really like (laughs) started an internship at Sony Music um a couple years after that um and once I'd finished uni and then literally I'm here today that was like two and a half years ago when I started on the internship Time flies. Yeah, madly. <laughs> madly. But if you look at before that, they like said you started when you were like 16, 17, yeah. blogging, etc. So it's actually yeah. been longer. It's yeah, it's been, been cr- six yeah. years, seven right, years. Right, exactly. It's, which which is really, that's always a weird one when you're like, yeah, I've been doing this since I was like 16, 17. But like, I guess like my actual career yeah. has only been like, I guess two and a half years yeah. in the making, which is, yeah, which is so mad. And like in between all that stuff, I've done a whole bunch of different stuff like I've been like present on radio and yeah. all types of different things. So yeah, it's been it's been a good little journey so far. Long may it continue. Touch wood. <laughs> Touch wood, yeah. Um and so you mentioned like you were going out and you were meeting people and, yeah. and you, were you going out with the mindset of I wanna go out and meet people and network and or was it just happening as a kind of natural you're in that situation? Um do you know what, life? yeah, the maddest thing is most of my networking was happening on Twitter. Mm. Like this was like maybe oh nine times. So there was a lot of like, like the first kind of people on Twitter that were kind of like creating black Twitter, I guess, as it stands, you know what I mean? As it stands now, like it was like black Twitter. So it was people like um, Cyan and uh, a guy called Courtney. Like there was, I was like kind of like with a lot of those, those people and we were tweeting back and forth and then we would meet in an event and there was a guy called Pins who runs a brand called Pins, like I met with him, helped him out and some stuff. Um, Shades the Misfit like it was kind of all those people and then we'd meet at events and then they would introduce me to somebody else and I'd introduce them to someone and kind of just kept expanding like that um whether I went out with the mindset of like I'm networking to get me to somewhere I don't really think so it was just yeah. like I just like I like I'm like quite a sociable person yeah. anyway so I just like meeting just kind of happened people. yeah it literally it? just yeah. kind of happened like okay. everything kind of happened like even working with Cyan like I I was doing an interview for um, I can't remember who I was doing an interview for, maybe SBTV. And uh, I was interviewing Stushy. And Sam was like, we need, I need someone to help me. Do you want to jump on board? And I was like, yeah, 100%. That's even how I met Moz as well. Like, I think, like, when... This is, like, yo-yo times. Yeah. And, like, you so know, when there was, like, a good, like, raving scene. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I just meet people, like, all over the place in different aspects. Yeah. So you've touched on a, a little bit of what I was going to ask you next about meeting Cyan and working with her how did that kind of relationship build in terms of till it got to a point where she was like right I want you to come and work with me and why was it only a three-month internship and why um, did it not go on beyond continue um I don't think it was any other reason like it was always kind of like agree like I think she was like bringing on different interns and just giving them different experience and by the time I had done that like I think it was supposed to be three months and I actually probably stayed for like five or something like that. And I was always like helping her out with different things. And like, we had a, we had a great time like working together. It was one of those where like our our relationship just built naturally and like kind of around the same age. And it was one of those where it was just like, it was just a natural builder really. And like, um, yeah. And all the kind of stuff I was doing around that, that was kind of just like one focus that I had at the time. 
Um, so yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I probably I probably enjoyed that that time yeah. and space, like running around town, doing different things. What was the one of the most important things you learned during that time? Um, I think just like the fundamentals of what publicity is. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people like when it comes to like even going into labels or going into music, like they're not quite sure of all the different roles. I think people just think like publicity and marketing and all the same thing and then mm. you've got a manager and then there might be like an A&R but it's like there's like your job and my job and like all types of different things so I think it was just the understanding of what publicity is and what PR is mm. um yeah that kind of that was like the main thing that I took away from it yeah and then led me on to go and build my own platform yeah so did you you off the back of that you then started your own PR company yeah yeah so like six months down the line yeah um like people who kind of known that I was like people that I was friends with and had known that I'd been working and doing some stuff in music and um yeah they kind of like were like oh I want you to help me out and it was a natural build from there yeah sick and I just want to take it back a little bit again what did you were you a uni girl did you go to uni yeah big up Brunel what did you study at uni something completely unrelated yeah. sports science oh really yeah yeah I was always just good at sport yeah. And it was like the the kind of natural, I guess, like in terms of like academic, the academic side of things, it was like the natural step for me to take um, into university. And it's always, like, university is a tough one because at 18, nobody knows what they want to do. So like to put people through university at 18, like that's such a crucial time where you're just like, I'll just do what I'm good at at the time. And like, but a lot of people come out and they don't use their degree. And that's not to say that uni isn't useful or uni isn't like people shouldn't go to uni because there are people who like that that like academic side of things is super important for for certain aspects um but one thing it did give me was time and money big up student loan and um discipline i think doing sports like yeah. i was training a lot and waking up early and like do you know what i mean i had a set routine mm. and that was a routine that i had to put in place so i think it taught me discipline and like sticking things through and at um, what what point did you realize that the sports scene wasn't your vibe and um, you instead wanted to follow the music route I think I, I kind of never stopped the music stuff like I started my company when I was like 18 going on 19 or 19 so you were at uni when you did, yeah okay. yeah so I was going into my second together. year yeah it was yeah. happening together so it wasn't even like oh, I was gonna be really cliche and be like it wasn't like it chose me like I didn't choose it it chose me <laughs> but it was kind of like that like it just I just kind of kept following it through and like the only thing I found frustrating at uni was that I was progressing much quicker with the music and the independent side of things than I was with my degree, mm. like sitting down and writing your dissertation, all that kind of stuff. That's a stressful period. Yeah. So like I had to stick that through to finish it. But at the same time, like that was, yeah, I knew that that was probably not the route that I was going to follow. And yeah. I probably knew that from my second year, going into my second year. And then what steps did you make to, or go through or process did you have to go through to set up your own PR company and was it just you were you doing it with anyone else um it was just me and um you've got to like you've got to research a lot that's one thing like I think a lot of people don't understand like people people will be like I'll have my own company but like it might be like you might have a Twitter an Instagram and something else so you have a brand not a company mm -hmm. like when you have to when you have to have a company you have to go to company's house and you have mm -hmm. to register and HMRC all of that like that's complicated and you've got to learn and understand that side of things. And I think a lot more people should learn and understand that side of things. Like, um, luckily my mum runs her own business. So 
I was kind of like, she kind of helped me and guided yeah. me in that kind of aspect and doing your taxes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of research went into it. Like yeah. I just remember a lot of time sitting on my laptop at uni or in my house <laughs> and just like researching. All of yeah. That. And then yeah. once you'd set up, what was, how did you approach working with artists? What was your kind, did you, you mentioned that you worked with people that you already knew. So yeah. how did you then, you obviously had a relationship, but how yeah. did you then say, all right, I want to, work with you almost on a professional level um I think I kind of was just like that they'd seen like a couple of things that I've been doing and I think like they were just like that association of like certain people that I was working with or certain place I was and then they were like yeah let's let's do it so that they were uh, like it was like a 50 50 thing they were as up for it as I was yeah. um and we kind of like I won't even lie just for a long time I just winged it well not for a long time but for like a, a good period of time you just wing it and you just kind of be like, okay, we're going to do this and hopefully it will progress us to there. Or I'm going to send an email to this person and hopefully we get on there. And yeah. it was kind of like, yeah, a lot of like just figuring it out and kind of searching around in the dark until you hit something yeah. that kind of worked. Um, but that's the fun part of it. Yeah, that's the exactly. fun part of it. You, like, le you learn from the things that don't quite go right. So much. Like, like you learn way more from your mistakes mm. than the things that go right. Mm. And I think that was key at that time. And yeah, that was super fun. When I look back on them, I'm like, oh yeah, that was mad fun. Like we were just like running around reckless. Like we didn't know what we were doing, but it was so fun. Yeah. Like so fun. So yeah. Um, so you also did, like I said, blogging for mm -hmm. other publications. So I think one of the first times I came across your name, and I get confused, it was either when you were writing for SBTV right. or through the Cyan okay. press thing. Because at the same time, I was blogging from my own site. Right. And we, the, was we getting, are SME and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was getting emails from you, right, or right. I was seeing your name pop up on right. other. So I can't quite remember. But how did you get into that? How did you start writing? Because SBTV at the time, but well, they still are massive. But their yeah. blog at the time was like Poppy. one of the blogs to yeah. be on. Hundred percent. You know, that even was it, crazy. Even in my blog was ahead of them in terms of what we were <laughs> posting and everything. I'm just, they, they was, you know, yeah, they, they was the, the blog. One. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. them and. and pretty much them but yeah it was it was they you know? dominated that that space like and um really like it was one of them where i can't remember who i was in contact with but i'd known uh i'd met morgan um keys at a couple events um i've met jamal at a couple of events and was just like at the time like you had like lily mercer there and georgia and like a whole bunch of like you know, right yeah it was that kind of time so there was like a bunch of different people there and like everyone kind of knew everyone um but the way i actually started blogging for them was i just emailed someone who yeah. i found i can't remember who it was i wish i could remember who it was but um somebody who i was following on twitter mm. and found their email emailed them was like look i'll be up for doing this this and this i'll go to events and review them for you or I did like some style pieces, like street style pieces with them. Um, yeah, it was a bunch of different stuff, but mm. it was literally emailing and, and kind of off of the back of like urban development and the same with like MTV and different things like that. Like I would just, yeah, I just kind of got in contact with them yeah. and did it that way. But yeah, they, they were sick. Like yeah. I went to a good few events like for them, like <laughs> it was good. It was good. So it basically it was down to that kind of online networking yeah. and then reaching out to people and saying... 100%. Twitter. Oh, I always yeah. put it down to Twitter. Yeah. Like, I think people don't... Like, if you use Twitter properly, I guess, like, as everyone's on Twitter now, like, it's a bit more... I guess it's a bit more complicated, but, like, it, at the time, I was using Twitter so... Mm. Like, I was using it to network. I was following the right people and would, like, DM them or would retweet, whatever mm. it, it was, like... But, yeah, you were just sparking up conversations. And from that, like, yeah, it was a different time on Twitter as well. Like, yeah. you kind of had the freedom to do that. And, like... Now I guess like it could be more of like a it's more of like a pastime, um, yeah. but 
yeah, it still does have that aspect. Like if you're going to use it, use it in the correct way. Like I still, yeah. I still see people using it in like that correct networking way, I yeah. guess. How did you get into what you do now, starting at Sony? Because you didn't just jump straight into the promotions role, did you? No. I, so I started as a TV intern, actually, okay. at first. Um, the setup of Sony was a bit different um, from how it is now. Um, but I was in TV and I was working, doing like the promotional side of that. Um, and it was great. Like in my first like month, I got to work with like the script and John Legend and like, yeah, the whole, and I was working in Columbia Records specifically. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was dope. And um, then maybe like, so I started in like the October by the like late November time, um, the setup of Sony had changed into what it is now. So um, like the pre a press team got built in Columbia and like kind of different stuff happened, but a press team came into Columbia and like, obviously I was doing like my independent stuff and they were kind of like, you should join the press suit. Like they mm. needed an assistant. So I was like, cool. Like, of course. Um, so kind of worked with the press team for a year. And then that's when we went into the talks of, we want to give you a permanent role, mm -hmm. but we want it to be like specifically this. Yeah. And that's when we had to like create. Yeah. So were role. you just doing an internship before? Yeah, so I was doing press. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you apply for that or how did you find that role? Um, do you know what? Yeah, when like when you're at uni, they always like like give you a whole bunch of sites of like places to um like um apply for jobs. Yeah. But actually again on Twitter, there's a there's a there's a Twitter called Media Muppet or it was so, something like that at yeah. the time or like Media or something like that. Um and it's basically a website for like creative jobs. Um, it's still going now, like use it if you can. Um, but yeah, and they basically post up a whole bunch of jobs and one of them was a Sony internship. So it's a year's internship. Um, and I was like, I'm going to apply. Mm. And my mom was like, all right, cool, like apply. She was like, but don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> and, then, and then like a week later, like after I applied, she was like, what else do you apply for? And I was like, nothing, I'm going to get this job at Sony. She was like, right so what else did you apply for and I was like no 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 trust me I'm gonna get this job at Sony she's like all right and then it was a long process but like it happened and it was crazy yeah yeah and I was like wow that really did pay off yeah. I was like that was a good risk to take yeah. do you feel that your um experience doing the press mm. and doing your own thing on the side while she was at uni helped with you to to get that internship um yeah yeah i think so like doing your own thing i always say this like doing your own thing always will get the attention of somebody if you're doing it correctly and mm. kind of on your own wave um but yeah i think it helped it helped in terms of like building up my cv as well because obviously the first thing you apply with is a cv mm -hmm. um it helped for me to be able to put things on my cv that were applicable to the to the role um and yeah yeah i think it did i think it helped me in once i got into the role as well because like um, I kind of knew and you have to have a certain like determination when mm. you do it by yourself because there are going to be things that will set you back like 10 spaces. Um, and yeah, I think that kind of like helped me when I was in the role and maybe gave me a bit of an advantage as well in terms of like making sure that I could go above and beyond what I was meant to yeah. do, be doing as well. See, yeah, it's important, isn't it? To have yeah. those extra bits of experience no Definitely. matter what it is just yeah. do it and Definitely. just have it for the cv like you said 100%. one day it'll come in handy yeah exactly well, one day it'll come in handy you won't even know how you won't even know yeah. what but one day it'll come in handy like i remember um like 
my mom's a graphic designer and I, I did experience at her studio like for a couple summers or whatever when I was young this yeah, is like put that one like straight 40. on the CV yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I was like graphic design <laughs> but like it comes in handy like if you, if you need certain things or you need to eye on certain things like to be able to like do certain things like that yeah. like having a background in radio before I got to Sony meant that I had a lot of contacts in a lot of like the community stations and stuff so that mm. has helped now yeah. that I'm radio plug-in so yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of different things can build up into like yeah. building you into who you are and what you do yeah and that role that you do now yeah as you said before they created that role yeah with you in mind yeah which is to even take it mad even when i when it said out loud it's like raw <laughs> yeah, it they created that role with you in mind what like what was the kind of first steps for you taking on that role um i think the like obviously getting my roster and then the definition of the role, yeah. I think. So is it, it sorry to interrupt, is it no. down to you to go out and find the artists? Um, no. So that's down to the A&Rs. Yeah. Um, so I work quite closely with A&R teams across Sony, uh, Columbia and mm -hmm. RCA mainly. Um, I work quite closely with them, like have a good relationship with them. So it's like, it's down to the A&Rs to go out and find the artists. Mm. Um, but at the time when I started the role, we had an existing like a strong existing roster of urban artists across mm -hmm. Sony. So I kind of was able to, it was, there was kind of a need for my job, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to fit into that and know my roster and what I had to look after. But then it was up to me to like kind of define my role and what I would do and what I'd do on certain days and what I needed to report to people and what I needed to work on the areas to fill in mm -hmm. um, and kind of like fill that knowledge gap. Yeah. It was, that was there before my role was there. Okay. And when you have, so an A&R guy comes to you mm. and says, got this artist. He's yeah. Cool rapper from West London or wherever. Yeah. What do you then do to, to help that artist grow? Um, so if or what are the things you look for to start with and what are the things you then say, right, we need to do X, Y, and Z. So for me, like if a A&R comes, they'd be like, cool, we just signed this rapper. We need to start doing da da da. Um, like my first thing is like you, you need to you need to know that you need to know the artist. You need to know where they are, what they've done, um, what lane they're sitting in, uh, what crowd they're running with. You kind of have to have that knowledge across their foundation mm -hmm. and what they've done so far. Because you could be signing someone who has only demos and they've been signed off of their demos, or you could be signing someone who has hype and has done chart success and stayed independent and now they want to sign like mm -hmm. or has had a certain success so like lady leisha everybody knew leisha she had a certain level of success and then she and then she signed so like i kind of knew what areas to fill in but she had she had covered like the majority of it so it was like just building upon that whereas like you might have a newer artist um like gecko or aj and dino mm -hmm. um where you have to fill in the kind of foundations and make sure that you're building on their foundational audience um so i think like things to look for you just kind of like identify the gaps um have an understanding of where they're coming from and um, what kind of music they're making and i think for me it's always about tying that artist to like making sure that artist stays tied to the authenticity they started with keeps the momentum going and kind of um understanding the the cultural ties mm. that come with the artist and what they mean to the scene yeah. culture music um in all types of different ways so that you're able to build upon that and yeah. take them global 
Yeah. Always global. Always global, <laughs> man. It has to be global. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned their authenticity. Mm-hmm. Is that, would, would that be one of the key things for you in terms of helping an artist grow and build? A thousand. I think when it comes to black music, mm. for me, it's always about authenticity. Like, I think in terms of um, like where that artist has come from, like we can look at um, an example like Jay Huss, for instance, from East London. Do you know what I mean? Still, a lot of these people who who sign and stuff, like they still live in the area where they started or, do you know what I mean? They haven't got their advance yet, mm. so they haven't moved out or whatever it may mm. be. So like you kind of have to make sure that, I think black music is so tied so closely to the culture because in certain genres, we're still kind of new. So there's not that ability to take a rapper from E16, for instance, and just put him on a rudimental song and let him have chart success yeah. because everyone's going to be like, but where did you come from? Yeah. Have you got a daily duppy? Yeah. Have you got yeah. a behind bars? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, People yeah, will be yeah. like, we, we don't know you. Like who's yeah. backing you? What ends yeah. are you from? Where are you from? And it's that kind of thing where it's like, we're not able to do that. So let's do it the way that we are able to do mm-hmm. and 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 be proud in that as well. Mm-hmm. Like I think you need that that those cultural ties and you need that authenticity. And I think a lot of my job is to to keep that and look after the platforms and the people who champion these artists before anybody does, whether it's record labels, whether it's platforms, whether it's do you yeah. know what I mean? And look after that kind yeah. of key audience. And what's more of a challenge working with an artist who's brand new in terms of like like I said just being signed off demos mm. or working with an artist who's already built up um, a following and a sort of a brand within themselves? Um, I think it's two different types of challenges. Um, obviously, if you have an artist who's already built up a certain level of notoriety, then you've got to like, your challenge is a bit more to like find what you can do to help and to build upon that and keep that momentum going. Whereas like a new artist you've got to find their lane. You've got to listen to the music, identify where you think it might work mm. and then put it in that space and be like, we're going to make it work from mm-hmm. there. Um, so it's two, it's like kind of two different types of challenges. Like I enjoy both sides of it. Like I really, really enjoy the artist development side and bringing it from nothing to something. Like yeah. I really super enjoy that part and kind of introducing people to a new artist. Like really enjoy that part, but I enjoy every, every mm. part of it. Like I like, doing festivals with Leisha because everyone wants to talk to her or I like doing all that stuff and but also I like the the kind of grind and the hustle behind introducing a new artist and being like no you need your ears need to be on this and yeah I enjoy both sides of it sick and what's what motivates you to keep pushing and going and doing more for yourself (laughs) um if I could put my finger on it I would tell you and I would bottle it up and sell it to the world (laughs) um but I don't even know. It's just like an innate desire to do more and better myself. Like, I want to be the best, not just better. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where, yeah, I just want to be in my own lane and Mm. do my own things. Like, I know the end goal. I know the Mm. end goal. So all I've got to focus on is getting the short-term goals so so they build to the end goal. So it's one of those where I don't know what, what keeps me going. Like, just pure determination of where I've come from, what I'm doing. My mum is mm. a massive one. Um, and just the fact that I love it, like the fact that I get to wake up every day and work on music and not complain and like mm. go in and work with artists that I love and work with people that I love and meet new people and do yeah. new things. And 
there's the perks of the job as well as like the pits of the job as well. But like, yeah, you got to like for me with music, you have to love it because there's too much stress that comes with it <laughs> not to love it. Like when you're going through a stressful period, you've got to be like, Bruh, like, yeah, I proper love this. <laughs> That's why I'm sticking with it now. Yeah. Like, you got to love it. Like, the fakes don't make it. Yeah. What um, What are the things you do to remind yourself how much you love it and keep yourself like, kind of focused during the more difficult times? Do you know what? Like, you just got to remember you're a fan of music before mm. anything. I still buy gig tickets. I still, like, not every day try and hustle onto a guest list. Like, sometimes buy your tickets or sometimes, like, immerse yourself in an album take take time out to listen to an album that you're not working on or even that you are working on like um yeah just be a fan like be a fan like have for me like it's about sometimes still having a level of like being removed mm. from music in that way like I work with a lot of artists so for instance like the success of Stormzy like I'm gassed because I'm a fan. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. I don't work on it. I have no, like nothing really to do with it in yeah. that way. So I just get to like enjoy it and just be like, yeah, I enjoy music, yeah. man. Like this is cold. So yeah, I think I think that mainly more than anything. And just also just removing yourself completely from music sometimes. Like when you do it as a job to then go home and listen to it or whatever, that can be tiring as well. So sometimes just like have something else. Like I read comic books yeah. <laughs> and I like, do you know what I mean? riding bikes and yeah. stuff like that like sometimes just remove yourself from it altogether yeah and that's very important though to have those moments of not always work mode right. sometimes just pull yourself aside from it clear your mind yeah you know it definitely because you'll you'll know like it's you can get like fully involved in it to the point where you can't pull yourself out yeah um it can overtake everything yeah like when you go home your weekends everything um and there's a level of enjoyment to that but also like yeah. rest and yeah. chill and refresh your mind. Yeah. What I did see you tweet the other day or today saying that you dream oh, about mate. working your yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw, when I saw, um, yeah, that's one of Drake's lines. And I was like, oh, wait. you know, when you're proper relate to something, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, shit, that's me. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. Like, yeah, be, not being able to like yeah. switch off from it. Like yeah. you, you got to kind of like train yourself to switch off from it because yeah, it's mad. The times I think about work most <laughs> are when I'm doing it mm. or when I'm sleeping. Mm. And that's that's mad. But that can lead to like a whole bunch of different things yeah. like anxiety and that yeah. kind of stuff where you're like, you can't, you have to learn to switch off. Like yeah. you have to learn to be like, whoa, leave it for a sec. Yeah. Let me just get my mind right. And then so you can go back into it 100%. Yeah. What do you do to switch off from it? Apart from read comics. Yeah. Bikes. <laughs> Meditation. Yeah. Meditation and just having like at least 10 minutes to just clear your mind like and literally empty of everything yeah. or brain dumping that's mm. another good thing write down every single thing in your brain because mm. i don't think people understand the power of just getting something yeah. out of your head um and not being like let me store it for later and yeah. I'll remember like actually get it out of your head yeah. and just have like a circle of friends around you that you can just go out and enjoy and yeah, yeah. talk about things other than work yeah. or music or anything just yeah. like have those people you can lean on and rely on yeah and so they're gonna check in with you and be like yo p what's going on how yeah. you doing i'll be like yo like <laughs> yeah i i find both of those really useful like yeah. i used to be obsessed with writing stuff down and just right. just like to-do lists yeah I yeah to-do lists everything <laughs> lists it's of like, lists and right lists. i'm at home it's saturday i need to do my washing i need to do this I <laughs> right like, to-do list everything trust me um just to all get it out onto paper but also like a lot of my close friends don't work in the same industry right so that's really helpful so when i go out and see them they'll ask questions that how's work but 
then it's just the banter. Exactly. Then it's just you're with the boys. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Out, you're having dinner. You're, you know, you're partying. Exactly. Whatever. Like, so give yourself really... a moment to just forget, forget yeah. about it, and just be like normal human beings. I think. Yeah. What's the last thing you did that genuinely made you feel happy? Like genuine happiness inside. Like at work or just in general? Just in general. Last thing. Ooh. Last thing I did. Um. Do you know what? Yeah. It's still tied to music, <laughs> but um, I went to see Craig David the other day yeah. at O2, and I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting like to enjoy myself as much as I did, <laughs> and it was one of those where it was like, I had such a good time, like, let's just not get twisted, Craig David is one of the best to ever do it, yeah. like, we have to, hands down well, to he him, like, born to do it. he was actually <laughs> born to do it, <laughs> and he is slicker than your avid, no, I'm joking, you know, I'm not going to go there, <laughs> but like, like, he, he does all the hits you forget you're sleeping yeah. on him like he's got like four or five albums like he does all the hits and then he stops it and does a dj set for the rest of the thing and it's like it's and it's like a garage set like it's mad Sick. proper enjoying myself there um apart from music stuff just conversation mm. like i like just having conversation like i'm one of those people who like want to talk about like mad deep things mm. and like all like social and political things yeah. and stuff like that like i just enjoy doing stuff like that but in general, I'm gen I'm genuinely like a happy person ninety percent of the time. <laughs> so like, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't take much to like make me happy. Yeah, or, yeah. Like if you know what I mean, like it could be me listening to a song on the train and yeah. being like, oh shit, this song's hard. <laughs> like, it could be one of that, or it could yeah. be just like having a good day, having banter. Like today, today I was in the office just having banter with my people and like just being like, oh, this this team's sick. Like we yeah. work in such a sick way and. Things like that just make me genuinely happy. Promo, that makes me yeah. happy, which is a weird thing. But <laughs> promo makes me happy, like being out on shoots and doing stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, a bunch of different things, man. I'm kind of like a simple person when yeah. it comes to that. <laughs> I'm not too though. complicated. Yeah, that's good though. It's a good way to be rather than always like not being, right. not, not being happy, but not like enjoying stuff. Yeah, basically. exactly. You have to enjoy it. And like, I think like just minimalize everything. Mm. Like take away like buying things to make you happy yeah. take away like having to have something or just like have like a really minimal approach to things mm. in terms of like what will make you happy and what you enjoy mm. like some like some some like sunday afternoons i'll just go and walk along south bank just do you know what i mean just to like be out yeah. and just like easy that makes me happy that's calm yeah. i don't need to be with anyone i just need yeah. to have your space and i think have a really minimal approach to things and like you you'll appreciate the things that are in the moment with yeah. you yeah that's nice i like that um, <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the best piece of advice anyone's given you um pretty much every week i'm always told by this one person shine bright like a diamond <laughs> <laughs> what, rihanna <laughs> yeah 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 and, on repeat. The yeah exactly on repeat like the person who tells me is funny because it's coming from like it's it's coming from them and it's just yeah. so funny to hear hear him say that but he's always like shine and like make sure you get your credit on yeah. things you do like take your credit like once you do something take your credit let everyone know that it was you and you'll shine from that and continue mm. to shine because when you shine i'll shine is basically what he always tells me and i'm like yeah. yeah so i think just shine like in whatever you do just shine and then from my mom just be nice to people yeah be respectful be approachable like yeah and be straightforward yeah and you're calm in life. <laughs> and you mentioned your mom earlier when you were talking about inspirations. Yeah. Who's been your biggest inspiration? Sem Tex. Sem. Hands down. Yeah. That's my guy. 
yeah. like <laughs> for life. Like <laughs> he thinks he can never get rid of me. No, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, Semtex, because I talk to him pretty much every day. But like yeah, the advice that he imparts, like like the conversations we have, like my ego is killed every day. You know, same ones. And like that might sound like a mad thing, but like my ego is killed to the point where it's like I never walk into a situation with my ego first. Mm. I'm always open minded. I'm always like. Hmm, what would happen here? What would do this? And it's like, it's weird to say he's like my inspiration because like he's he's more like my guide, like mm. my rap fairy godfather. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's just, he's a massive, massive help. Mm. And probably the one person that I can put where I am in my career down to. Yeah. Even though he probably wouldn't want to take credit for that. Yeah. But yeah. No, <laughs> yes. It's mad humble. Like, yeah, it's too humble. Yeah. <laughs> but Semtex, without a doubt, like, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, the way I know that guy, mm. one of the best people to ever yeah. do it. Period. Uh, what's the achievement that you've done either in work or outside of work that you've been the most proud of? Um, I think Mobos. Yeah. Like getting my artists nominated for Mobos and then having two win Mobos last year in November. Um, that's crazy for me. That's like, I remember going to Mobos when I was like fourteen, um, because my cousin was one of my cousins was like helping run it and she managed to get me and my sister tickets and we went and yeah and it was crazy and I remember I had to take my mum because I went old enough to be there, like one of them and it's like my grandma knows what the mobos are yeah my brothers like pe- my friends who are not in music so when I'm able to be like four of my artists are nominated for mobos yeah like that's crazy yeah. and then to have one one win at the pre-mobos like big up Shaka incredible two years in a row and then, like, and just to be working on these campaigns with yeah. these people, like, to have Shaka win and then to have Leisha win at the show, best female, and them lot telling me, you're coming on stage. Yeah. I was like, guys, no, you're coming on stage. Like, and to go off on that stage with her and just, like, enjoy that moment with her, like, mm. as a team, like, that were up there, like, her manager, like, the team around her, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably Mobos. Like, that was crazy. And, like when you're there and there's like people from your area there that are in music yeah this is crazy like yeah probably mobos and um having my role created for me like yeah crazy <laughs> even now i'm like raw <laughs> all this stuff is real yeah but, um, yeah, it, it's yeah it's mad it's mad and it's mad humbling um but yeah probably mobos i'd say and you this year was it this year that you were put on the brits the pan- voting, uh, voting panel yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So how, did, how did that come about how did you did you did you apply for it did they approach you no i think what was the so process? as we know the brits were in a position where they had to acknowledge a certain certain genres of music certain type of music um they had to acknowledge their lack of representation of what a modern day britain let alone London is. And I mean, I've been in this music thing, I guess for a couple of years and like, um, I think them expanding their voting panel. Um, I just think it was kind of like a natural thing. Like I'm in music, I'm young, I'm from an ethnic background. Um, and I think it was kind of one of those things where I must've just been on their radar mm. <laughs> and they put it on like, obviously being in the label, like mm. label and stuff. So, um, yeah, but that was very necessary. Mm. How um, did you feel when that. you got the call or whatever his email? Yeah, you get like an email. I was like, it's weird because 
I don't know. Like it didn't really feel like it didn't really feel like a privilege. It mm. is a privilege, and I I'm happy to be on it and I'm excited. But it was like overdue at the same time. Yeah. Like um, not even just for me, but I just mean like the expansion of their voting panel, like and the diver like diversifying their their panel in terms of women and and ethnic minorities and all that type of stuff. Like it was overdue, so it was like okay, you're, you you've taken the first step in getting it right. Because mm. if I'm getting this email, then I know that. Jackie at Atlantic's getting the email. I know that Rachel's getting the email. I know that you're getting, do you know what I mean? Like there was a whole bunch of people. So I was just like, okay, cool. They're, they've taken the right step towards doing the right thing um, in the right direction. So yeah, that was good. That was really, really good. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Definitely yeah. needed. 100% needed. So needed. Yeah. So needed. 2017, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's next for you? What's the next step in your career or you'd like it to be or, and what's the end goal? idealistically the end goal is to run a label um run a major label and kind of have that and yeah that's kind of the end goal loosely um the next step wait who knows (laughs) that's always a a weird one for me to figure out like i kind of figure out things as i go like i know just like if you work hard and you apply yourself to the right things you're going to be in the right direction and then the next step will make itself apparent just have faith and stick to what you're doing and always have the right intentions um and take on the right advice from the right people and you're going to be straight to get mm. to that end goal um so yeah i'm not quite sure what what the next step is like i've got a few things in mind that i would like to happen and i think are the right things to happen in order for me to get to where it is and just be like instrumental within black music within the UK. Um, but yeah, what the next step is, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. I know yeah. we'll definitely get there, yeah. but yeah, who knows? I can't, I can't, I can't put it down on paper yeah. yet, but we'll get there. And when it comes, be, you'll know. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And it will be soon. I know it'll be soon. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, right. so I've got a couple more questions. All right. Go ahead. So the first one is wind back the clock again. All right. You're speaking to your 14, 15, 16-year-old self. Three things that you would tell yourself to start doing mm-hmm. and one thing to stop doing. Ooh. Start doing, have more fun. Yeah. Have more fun in it. The thing to stop doing, stop overthinking. Yeah. Because I'm an overthinker on a lot of things. Um, yeah, start having more fun. Start applying less pressure to yourself. And just start. Mm. I think a lot of things like are overthought before starting, but just start. Mm. And you're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, just start. I think that's a massively yeah. important one. Yeah. Just to go out there and whatever it is you want to do, just right. start doing yes, something. Exactly. And, you know, we've both ended up in jobs that we do yeah. from doing that. And a lot of people who I've spoken to both on this podcast mm-hmm. and not just outside in the real world or, you know, in life. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. Just, just go and just do your start. thing. Just start 100%. 100%. important. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, so finally, how would you define that ultimate happiness for yourself? Um, what would it look like? What would it look like? Um, or feel like, should I say? it would feel like being content with where my mum is 
I think. Like if I can get my mum straight, get her in whatever house she wants, get her travelling, whatever she wants to do, mm. like having my mum be straight, that's that's the ultimate happiness goal. But just knowing that you've got something to work towards. I think the day I don't have anything to work towards is when I'll be unhappy. Like I said, I'm pretty happy like 90% of the time. <laughs> so like, it's one of them where like, I'm happy now. Like I'm happy where I'm at in my career. I'm happy with the progress I'm making. I'm happy with the artists I work with, the people I work with, people I know, my friends. So I think, yeah, just getting my mum straight is the ultimate happiness goal. It's my cliche, but mm. <laughs> it's true. Um, and just having good people around me all the time. Like, I think that's super, that's super important. Like, and people can get confused with like, between having the right people and having, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. your people yeah. around you. And it's like always have, having your people is always the right decision rather than have being like, I have to associate myself with the right yeah. people because that never works. Like, um, so yeah, I just think like, yeah, getting my mom straight, getting her in whatever house she wants. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, life's done now. Yeah. I'll jump on a cruise somewhere <laughs> and be like, yeah, that's good. Take mom with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, getting my mom, getting my mom straight probably. Um, yeah, that's like the ultimate happiness goal. And then obviously like career stuff and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I think like that goal kind of donates that I'll have all of that stuff yeah. straight as well. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, get my mom straight. Nice. She'll like, be gassed when she hears this. Yeah, she's going to be <laughs> She'll like, mm, it. that house is coming then. <laughs> if it don't come, you're in yeah, trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, um, let the people know where they can find you online. Okay. Um, my Twitter is Paris O, which is Paris with two R's because my mom hates me. P-A-R-R-I-S and then O-H because my surname is super long, so I shorten it to two letters. <laughs> so Paris O, P-A-R-R-I-S-O-H, on everything. Yeah. Everything, Bebo, all of that. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> simple as that. So thanks for listening, guys. Massive pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed. Hopefully you can take some of some of Paris's <laughs> positive energy. I'm feeling like buzzing with good vibes right now. Um, hopefully you can suck some of that in through your headphones. And yeah, let us know what you think. Hit us up with any comments, any thoughts, any questions. Definitely. Um, and yeah, thank you for locking in. Thank you. So there we have it. That was Paris's story. And, you know, I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. I was certainly filled with, you know, loads of enthusiasm and picked up on her real passion that she has for her work. You know, she's just got this great energy and buzz about her that I really hope came across and you guys could take a little bit of that and, and apply it to what it is that you do and like to do. In particular, I really liked what she had to say about taking a minimalist approach to, to her work and the things that she does, but also making sure she takes the time out to meditate and really sort of reset her, her mentality and take that time to take care of yourself almost. But also, really important, make sure you get the credit for the work that you do. I mean, a lot of us don't really shout about it enough or make sure we're known for what we've done in terms of, you know, both in the workplace, out of the workplace, what we do as a passion, a hobby. And I think it's really important too because there's a lot of, of energy and elements that come from that and it's important for yourself to to know that you're sort of being recognised and you're able to tell people about this great work that you do. So, so thanks again for listening and please make sure that you, you know, 
hit us up on Twitter, me at I am Alex Manzi, Paris at Paris O. And let us know what you think. Leave comments on the SoundCloud. Ask us any further questions you want and any general comments you have, really. It'd be great to hear your feedback. Um, And once again, thank you and see you next time.